the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I went out uh, early this morning, had an oil change, my tires rotated, driving away going, oh, this is it. This is the peak of my it day, is. week, month. I mean, I felt so That's much better. That's when you know your life is limited. Mm, what, when wait, you're that, you it, I'm sorry. I felt the same way. What? You know what would really make me feel that way? Hmm. If I got my car detailed inside. Oh, I'm unworthy. I am too. But my car inside is, is a bad. It needs serious help. Mm-hmm. I, if I could do that, I would. I'd feel like I could do anything. And funny you say that because I was driving my wife's car today to get the oil change, and I knew it was a mess inside. So I took some Windex and some paper towels. And wiped it down inside. Oh, yeah. Do you feel better about that? Not particularly. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. No. But there is something about, you know, getting your car a little spiffed. Have you ever gotten a car detailed? No, Me neither. Never. I wonder how much that... Lexi, have you ever gotten a car detailed? I haven't. No. I was going to say, if you say yes, I'm going to be so mad. I'd be afraid if I got my car detailed, it would fall apart. Right. Because the, the, the want, gunk is holding I it I wonder together. how much that costs. Uh, it can't be cheap. What, 200 bucks? 300 that's my estimate. Okay. That's just a total guess. I'm I, out of no, out of nothing. I, I don't yeah. even know why I picked that number, but that's what I think it would be. Car detailing. I mean, I love. If guys anyone who knows do anything that. about car detailing, please call us at 800-320-8255 and tell Lexi. All right. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. What's a person like who does that for a living? A great person. How very somebody specific. like you who loves cleaning. Detailed. Right. Someone like both of us who likes no clutter. Mm-hmm. Someone who's who who has to get a sense of satisfaction after the job is done. Right, you're looking at it and saying, "Yeah." No, wait, your I dad, my, your dad. I still have his paintbrush. Do you really? Oh think, yeah. He used to. Uh-huh. He used to use the paintbrush to get all the dust yep. off of the controls. I still have and it out of the uh, vents. It's in my glove box. That's so awesome! I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Very careful. I didn't know there. you kept yep. that. Yep. I pull it out and go, "Hey, Stan." Yeah. <laughs> That's Do a right. Little swipe there. Exactly. If you want to know how much a car detailing costs, yeah. uh, a quick Google search will tell you that the average cost of a car detailing session is one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Uh, the cost usually ranges between ninety-eight to four hundred dollars, depending on the bucks. experience and quality oh. of right. your detailer. And okay. someone's calling right now to perhaps right. give us some more. I mean, probably. thank you, Lexi. Mm-hmm. Even if you w- let me know w- what that person says. If you would want to afford it, I, I don't. I just think I'm unworthy to have that. I think. Well, I also believe I'm unworthy to have it. Yeah. But if you convinced me otherwise, I'd say yes. I mean, if you had a if Porsche, you, if you said, "Hey, no, no, I, I don't feel. I feel like it's irrespective of the quality really? of your car." Yes, I feel like it's just a statement of how do we have any self? Do we have any pride in our presentation mm-hmm. at all? I remember. Like, why do you buy new shoes? Right. Same reason. Uh, how about like whenever you get a new car? I've done this a couple of times. You get it. You get it. We've, I've never owned a new car. I'll let me just say that. But you get like your newish car, and I say, 
No one's going to eat in the car. Yes, no, no food one. in the car. No food or drink in the car. Two weeks later, I got a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. Right, it's just, well, that's a problem with enforcement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, or discipline. I got new shoes. Do you today? Whoa, yeah. whoa. Got some new dogs. Whoa. I'm excited about it. They're all white with gold stripes. Mm-hmm. Adidas. Does it make you, nervous, make you anxious? Uh, the first scuff? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. That's why I just decided I'm wearing them to the ballpark. I'm just breaking. Yeah, I'm doing it. What if you spill something? That, I'm, then it's going to be what it is. They're mm-hmm. leather. I can clean them. I'm not going to be held captive to my new shoes. Did you go to a shoe store? Nope. You bought them online? Mm-hmm. Oh. From a shoe store online. Really? Yeah. Confident in the, in the fit? Yes. All right. Just wanted to say. Yeah, very nice. All right. Now, more than my new shoes, we do have other things to talk about. We certainly do. Show. Yes, very much so. In the five o'clock hour, uh, women's problems with drinking. They're catching up to men's problems with drinking. Mm, I saw this. That's very in uh, today's Wall Street Journal. Talk about that. Uh, also, uh, a friend of ours has just gotten back from uh, a time in Nicaragua. What did she learn about that? Um, what can that teach us? That's how I'm sure this is going to be a similar conversation to when we have gotten back from trips to mm-hmm. third world countries. Um, so I'm looking forward to that with Christine Jeske. Mm-hmm. It's also Book Lovers Day. Today is. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about some of our favorite books. Right. Also, Craig Wolfley. We uh, call him Wolf, as does most of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's at Steelers Training Camp and has been for the last couple of weeks. And he's going to join us today to talk about what we can look forward to. Because, of course, the uh, Steelers play for the first time Friday night. Very nice. Okay, wait, Lex. So uh, did a car dealer call? Is, is that the deal? Um, a person who's worked in a lot of collision uh, shops. Uh, and knows his way around a car. His name is Jake. Thanks, he called Jake. in and he said around 200 to 300 to detail inside and outside of the car. Oh, outside. Um, four to six hundred dollars to wax and buff the car mm-hmm. to make it like extra shiny. Mm-hmm. And then he said it can be up to twelve hundred dollars to do a ceramic coating if you do a ceramic coating. What's a ceramic, ceramic coating? I guess that's like a, a like protective a barrier mm-hmm. of some sort. Nice. Well, I gotta be honest. I don't need that. <laughs> So this is Jake we're thanking? Yes, we are. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, yeah. A little insight there. <laughs> was Jake willing to do that on my no, car? No, no, no. It's not, it's not. Probably not. So, okay. so he just gave me the info but wasn't willing to be a part of the solution? <laughs> I mean, you're driving an Equinox. I know. I mean... It's not a great car. No, it's you know, it's burning oil. And ever since that, ever since that person crashed into the side of it in the parking lot, I mean, didn't crash, but crashed their door into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see that and you go, oh, what no, the heck? That's just really right? depressing. My car has, you know, been damaged, so... I'm not looking forward to getting. I would detailed. like the inside to be detailed. Really? Yeah, I really would. One seventy. What was that, Lex? One seventy-five to three hundred. Um, two to three hundred to detail the inside and outside of the car. So you're getting like. Oh yeah. You're getting a mega clean on that one. Very well, yeah, nice. but what about if I just want the inside? No. It might be a little cheaper because you know I don't care what the outside Again, is. Jake. Oh, somebody, is Jake Some calling back? I don't know. Lex, see who that is. We gotta okay. move on. Well, Bye. I got I'm doing the news. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. Well, without further ado, please, uh, Kath, the uh, the top four. Could you please give us the top four <laughs> at four? Could Thank you give you. us the top? Could you just vamping? Could you just for Wednesday, August 9th, twenty twenty three, number one. Winfield wildfires on the Hawaiian island of Maui. Have they you are. Seen this? Crazy. People running into the water? I can't believe it. Yeah, people are jumping in the ocean to get away from the flames. Oh my gosh. Smoke is causing people to evacuate. 
I mean, it's incredible. The Coast Guard told CBS News today it had rescued a dozen people just in one town of Lahaina who jumped in the water. Uh, that hospitals on the island were treating burn patients. Uh, the fire was widespread in Lahaina. It's a tourist town with a population of 12,000 on the northwestern tip of Maui. Mm. Traffic's been super heavy as people are trying to evacuate. Officials asked people who weren't in an evacuation area to shelter in place. I mean... I guess that's scary. what you have that's to get so used scary. to when that when that's where you live. But it's incredible. It's from CBS. Number two, Governor Josh Shapiro visited Penn Hills Elementary yesterday mm-hmm. to announce a new program. Have you heard about it, John? No. Universal free breakfast to oh, every public school student How in are they Pennsylvania. Do this? How's that going to Well, happen? it's a $567 million increase in education funding. There's a huge backlog. There's a huge fund that's available. There's a COVID ton. Money. There's a ton of money that is sitting there. So I guess this is one of the things they're going to do with it. Um, that's uh, in the recently signed budget. The program will cost forty-six and a half million a year. It'll serve one point seven million wow. students. Did you have breakfast when you went to school? No. I mean, no. I mean, I mean at yeah. home. Oh, I never eat breakfast. I never, never, never even, even did when kid. I was little. No. Every day we had tea oh. and toast. Tea and toast. I love that was that our breakfast. So State interest in providing free meals to public school students has grown in popularity across the country. PA joining states including California, Minnesota, Maine, and New Mexico. Huh. All right. Good for those kids, right? Yeah, good. Number three. Have a healthy breakfast. While on a fishing trip to the Florida Keys with her family, the mayor of Tampa, Florida, her name is Jane Castor, she reeled in something unexpected. Are you ready? Mm. 70 pounds of cocaine. Oh estimated to be worth more than a million dollars. Holy smokes. Yep. She's on a family fishing trip. She previously was Tampa's police chief. Oh my God. And she said that the drug bail appeared to have been floating for a while in the water already when she found it. Good she gravy. said her family was concerned about calling 911 because yeah. they were like, oh my gosh, what if they think it's ours? And Jane said she looked at them and was like, come on. <laughs> Anyway, so she called and notified them, and they were seized by federal Very police. funny. By they, I mean the drugs. The yeah. family. And number four, it's not just you. Heat is making your smartphone battery worse. Mm. Yes, heat is enemy number one for batteries, according to today's Wall Street Journal. And that is your top four at four. Have you noticed? Is your battery somehow suffering? Oh, mine is, for no. sure. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just age. Oh, yeah. No. Maybe Sweltering summer temperature. It's the number one thing that can cause your battery really? to run slower. No yeah. Also, and of course, having all your apps open at one time. Right. Right. Yeah. And mm. over time, your phone's gas tank shrinks, so you what? know you don't have as much battery capacity two years in as you did at first. Your gas tank. Like, it, imagine it's your gas tank. I see. You know what I mean? All imagine right. your battery is your gas tank. Interesting. Hey, so Lex said the Jake called back. Oh, what Jake say? Lex, what did he say? Jake said he gave me his uh, place of work and said that you should take your car over there. Oh, Jake. Mike Kelly's. Yeah. Over at Butler. Mm-hmm. Jake, thank you so much. I might do that. What? Oh, no. Jake. It's fraught with a lot no. of anxiety. Why is that fraught with because anxiety? Because someone's going to clean. Because you're driving an Equinox. Why? Because you think it's embarrassing that I'm taking a car as no, bad looking I mean, as mine just, in? Because then all of a sudden, like, no one's going to eat in the car. You know, it's like some barrier. No, I feel barrier. like. I feel like. No, I feel like it's it's the right thing to do. Jake, thank you. Right. Thank you for that information you gave to Lexi. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We do take a quick break. The Liberating Arts, Why We Need Liberal Arts Education. It's straight ahead here. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. 
Coming up from Bible teacher Chuck Swindoll. The question would come from the mind of a young Christian, how do I go through a time when I am under attack? How does a preacher keep from fighting back? Hear Chuck Swindoll present comforting application on this topic and more when his study in 2 Peter continues this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. This is John Hall with a special message from our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. We can all agree that every child in our community should have access to nutritious meals. When school is out, many kids lose their most reliable source of healthy food. It's a heartbreaking reality, but together we can make a difference for nearly 60,000 kids in southwestern Pennsylvania who go to bed worried about where their next meal is coming from. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's child nutrition programs provide essential summer meals, after-school snacks, and educational resources to thousands of students across Allegheny County, helping them reach their full potential. But they can't do it without your help. Right now, just $1 can provide three nutritious meals that make an immediate impact on a child's life. Together, we can fight childhood hunger and build a healthier, happier community. To learn more and to donate, just go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's pittsburghfoodbank.org. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is amazing your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. A liberal arts degree. I remember when uh, I met my husband, John who, of course, was a music ed major mm. and is a musician. Uh, when we were in our early days of dating, he was telling me about his reasoning for going into music ed. He said, yeah, I didn't really want to be a teacher, but my dad would not let me major in music performance because there was no going to be no job at the end of that road. And uh, it turns out that, you know, after all these years, he's he's just turned into what I, I mean, I know I'm biased, but he's a superb teacher and teaching is where his heart is. So that was absolutely the right move for him. Um, but when it came to our kids, it was interesting how that conversation that he had with his dad 
impacted his conversation with our kids, which is you need to make sure there's a job at the end of this education. Mm-hmm. And of course, for how much college education costs these days, makes sense. That's the detriment to yeah, a liberal arts degree. Exa- and right? so how, how practical do you have to be and what does that mean for us? But at the same time, well, our next guest Jeff Bilbo is with us, uh, Jeff Bilbo from Grove City College. He is the author of Reading the Times, a Literary and Theological Inquiry into the News. There's a brand new book out called The Liberating Arts, Why We Need Liberal Arts Education. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me back. Good to be back. Yeah, Jeff, this conversation that my uh, husband's father had with him and that my husband had with our kids, of course, I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times being on a university campus. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, in this putting together this book and, and thinking about the kind of common objections or, or I wouldn't say objections even, but just concerns or worries that prospective students and their parents have. Certainly the question of, um, you know, am I going to be able to make a living uh, after this education is uh, is perhaps the most common one. So, yeah, one of the chapters in the books in the book asks the question, aren't the arts degrees? unmarkable. Am I going to be unemployable with this degree? Right. Okay, Jeff. So I I got a degree in theater. I've got a BFA in theater. And I remember telling my family, I'm going to do this. My dad was all for it. My father's friends were like, do not do this. This is a huge mistake. Now, I got to say this. I read deeply in my degree. I mean, I read the classics. I was all over the map. And a friend of mine who runs a theater program in Ontario, she did her PhD on the value of a theater degree. And so I see the value of this. Now, a theater degree is not necessarily a liberal arts degree, but there is value in reading deep, thinking deep, looking at classical education, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And those are the kinds of skills uh, and practices maybe that form you to be a particular kind of person um, that that presumably shapes the way you uh, carry out your career and vocation, but also presumably shapes uh, the way that you are and live in the rest of your life too yep okay so i'm sure you hear a a lot of sort of kickback about this um are the liberal arts um elitist um are the liberal arts a bad career move are the liberal arts racist all those things of course they're at the top of people's minds today can you delve into some of these negatives and turn those into positives yeah that's exactly what we aim to do in this book so all those and more you just mentioned, uh, we address in a chapter of the book. And each chapter has kind of a, a two-pronged approach. First, there's a couple of just really concrete examples. So, you know, the, the, the chapter about aren't the liberal arts elitist has two concrete examples of um, programs that offer kind of great books, liberal arts education to, uh, well, one of them is, is particularly to uh, kind of, Poor socioeconomically um, disadvantaged youth didn't have a chance to go to college, and they eat this stuff up. They they want this kind of formation. The other one uh, makes it available uh, at, at no cost through kind of online small discussion projects. And again, the demand is through the roof. Mm. Um, and then there's also a kind of essay that tries to lay out here is yeah look some parts sometimes institutions have been elitist. Sure there are. There are failures that have um, accompanied this tradition. But at its core, no, the liberal arts tradition doesn't have to be elitist. It is for everyone. And no, it doesn't have to be racist. Uh, it is for people from all backgrounds or, um, 
et cetera. Do you feel like, uh, Jeff, well, I shouldn't, I'll ask you this in a minute. I'll give you my opinion. I feel like in our efforts to promote uh, STEM education and careers, we have uh, somehow downgraded the idea of what being literate in history, writing, reading looks like. Uh, how does that seem to you as a university professor? Yeah, I think that's right. And um, it's hard to kind of uh, gauge changes over time. I've only been teaching for maybe 15, 20 years. Um, so I don't know what it was like 100 years ago. But yeah, I think certainly in trying to make college education more accessible, which I think is good, um, it tends to, to mean that colleges uh, have to lower their standards. And I think that's unfortunate because I think most students can rise to the challenge if they're given the opportunity, the framework, the um, and the help to do so. Most students really want to uh, develop both uh, numerical literacy uh, that that prepares them for you know STEM careers, but also just a, a good life and um, alphabetic literacy. You know, a facility with words and with how we use language to name and understand our common life together. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I've got a friend who works uh, in arts administration, and uh, she says that that season subscriptions to the symphony to theaters, to dance programs, all those have plummeted. Now, she could say, you know, some of that, of course, is because of COVID and the pandemic. But people are, if if you're not raised or if you're not educated enough in the arts, then, of course, you're not going to go and enjoy the arts. And I think, you know, in some ways, that's what a liberal arts degree does in a way. It sort of peels back the cover and allows people to dig deeper into things that they wouldn't necessarily be exposed to if they were just involved in STEM programs. And I believe because of that, culture and then society as an extension of that will be the less of society because we don't engage deeper in that enjoyment. Yeah, I think that's a good point, John. And, and I think framing it around enjoyment is right. Because, uh, you know, there's a sense in which a, a good, rigorous education actually enables you to get uh, a kind of enjoyment, a kind of pleasure out of um, sophisticated music and drama and other uh, performances that maybe you wouldn't have access to if you weren't educated. You know, there's, there's some kinds of um, TV or TikTok, I suppose, <laughs> that superficially uh, – interesting and you don't need much of an education for it, right. but it doesn't, it doesn't give you a kind of rich enjoyment, a richness of the possibilities of human um, creativity. And other kinds of performances ask more of you as a reader or as a listener, as a, a watcher. But in return, if you stick with them and, and be formed in ways uh, to appreciate them, then you have access to their deeper kinds of enjoyment. Yeah. Oh, what about the idea of a believer. You're, you're a Christian. You, you know and love Jesus. And somehow, is that a deeper correlation to in, in, a, a more enjoyment? I mean, if you're a person of the Word, you're used to reading and studying the Word. I mean, is that a positive, or is that something that kind of goes, eh, not that big of a deal? No, absolutely. I think, and this is, you know, in a very long debate within Christendom, uh, it goes right back to the beginning when some of the church fathers were skeptical of classical Greco-Roman education. And Augustine, among others, uh, made the case that as Christians, we should uh, you know, take the gold of the Egyptians. We should take 
uh, these good traditions and and baptize them, correct them, um, help them to to be rightly ordered under the Christian revelation, but uh, but recognize that um, these forms of education and discipleship, to use the Christian word, um, can it rightly uh, structured can help us to unfold and um, burnish maybe the image of God within each one of us. So um, certainly, I think there's some some ground for common um, some common cause between Christians who might have a slightly different understanding of the final end of a liberal arts education, mm-hmm. but can nonetheless um, find find common ground with um, those who don't share our religious view of human persons. Yeah. Uh, you know, our our time is up, Jeff, but I just want to put in a plug for liberal arts education, uh, only that John and I could never, ever do this job that we do if we would not have had excellent liberal arts education. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I look back uh, at North Hills High School and at the University of Pittsburgh. I truly had outstanding training in reading and writing, mm-hmm. um, and I've read a vast array of things over the years because that was instilled in me by my dad when I was little is the importance of reading widely. So you combine, you know, the, the impact of a family member or some loved one with a good, you know, I only had a public school education. Um, John went to parochial school and uh, then went to Point Park, but it's, it, it it can really open up the world for a student. It makes you curious. Yeah. Yes. And curiosity, I feel, is the app is really the the key of it. Yeah, it teaches you the, the kinds of skills and disciplines you need to be a lifelong learner and uh, and hopefully respond to the needs of you know your community, your parish, your church uh, as a as a discipled and well formed human being. Mm, a well formed human being. The new book is called "The Liberating Arts: Why We Need Liberal Arts Education." We've been talking to co-editor Jeff Bilbro. Jeff, good to hear from you. Thanks, you too. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Uh, this is something we haven't not talked about a whole lot, have we? Mm, no, really haven't. Mm-hmm. But we live it arts. every day, right? Yeah, we sure do. I mean, if your kid says he wants a liberal arts degree, don't be upset. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu graduate to learn more. Junction Center Productions presents 
presents Colton Dixon and Jordan Feliz Love and Light Tour. November 19th, Greensburg, Pennsylvania at Word of Life Church. Colton Dixon and Jordan Feliz Love and Light Tour. Sponsored by Compassion International. One night, two artists, all your favorite songs. Get your tickets at JunctionCenterProductions.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? 724-NEW-ROOF. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low, 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area. The low, 62. Partly sunny Friday. Less humid. We'll reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. So somewhere along the line, we've been told that 10,000 steps a day is the optimal number of steps for health, mm-hmm. right? Um, I saw a piece today, could walking extend your life lifespan? So they're saying as little as 2,500 steps a day is also a bonus. Wow. The more, the more steps that you walk... The better off you are? Yeah. Some people walk more than 20,000 steps a day. If you're a nurse... 20,000 steps a day? Yeah, I bet you're doing that. Holy smokes. Uh, Yeah, this is an article um, from the Jerusalem Post. It's uh, something I I frequent here. And uh, they're saying that this is from John Hopkins University, and they had 227,000 subjects around the globe who submitted their, what are the... um, Fitbits. Fitbits and whatnot, all that criteria. And they looked at cardiovascular health detailing with the number of steps. And those, of course, with the highest amount of steps, had better health, heart health, and were least were most resistant from cancer and other autoimmune diseases. Wow! So walking helped with those other things, not yep. just cardiovascular mm-hmm. health. The body in motion is the great panacea. It's pretty cool. So I started walking after my vacation. Yeah, I'm not a walker. Uh, yeah, and we spend a lot of our time reading, so it puts you and I in a sedentary position a lot of the day. Yeah. Um, so I, I was talking to my niece on vacation, and she was talking about her new walking regimen, and I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. Why don't I do that? I do get out there. So I decided to start walking, and I, it just it uses you know I I work out regularly, but it's different. It uses different. It's a different type of conditioning. It's not the same. Are you walking outside uh-huh. or on a treadmill? No, outside. Mm-hmm. It's really different. I feel a lot better. I mean, I, keep in mind, I work out regularly. I feel a lot better walking. Hmm. Why is that? I don't know. You're seeing the neighborhood? You're talking yep. to people? Is that a social thing? No, too? not at all. Just I mean, I say hi. Just walking. Yeah. Hmm. I, 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 I'm you not sure. What'd you say? You don't have a dog. I don't have a dog. I listen to a podcast when I do it, and I, I don't know, but I, I think it's I'll really miss it in when it's really cold out. You put a goat on. I could. Right. 
I could, but if it's, you know, when it's snowy and the weather's crappy, I know myself, I'm probably not doing that. I'm probably not, I'm just not doing that. Right. I told you my wife was reading a book called North, and uh, it's a true story about a guy who's an ultra marathoner, and he, he ran the entirety of the Appalachian Trail in 43 days. From south to north. That's outrageous. From South Carolina to Is Maine. Is that possible? He did it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He set a record for the brevity of running the trail. Can a lot imagine? of those parts of the trail running it has got to be complicated. Have you ever been on the trail? Any piece of it? A little tiny piece of it. We were in the Smoky Mountains. Holy smokes. I mean, it's, it's a vertical climb. Uh, shocking that someone would do that. Talk about being in good health. Wow. Yeah. All right. So the... Bottom line is get out and walk. All right. Let's do it. Uh, We're going to talk with Craig Wolfley, I believe, in just a little bit. Yep. He is uh, at Steeler Training Camp. We haven't talked about the Steelers yet. Nope. Uh, Former Steeler great, offensive lineman, played 10 seasons with the Steelers. And, of course, he's a Steeler broadcaster. Stick around for that. Craig Wolfley next. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. This is not an option, my friend. He says this is the will of God, your sanctification. You're progressing in a life of holiness. Abstain from anything and everything that keeps us from being the godly person God wants us to be. Hear the series, Sanctification, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care, here to keep you firing on all cylinders. AccuWeather's proven superior accuracy means you'll be better informed and better prepared with precise local forecasts and severe weather alerts. You might think that all weather apps are the same, but in study after study, the superior accuracy of AccuWeather's forecasts and warnings have been proven in all categories. If you're going for a run, scheduling a trip, or stocking up before a storm, you want forecasts that are dependable and accurate so you can better plan ahead with peace of mind. Download the AccuWeather app, powered by superior accuracy, at the App Store or Google Play today. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. 
Friday, August 18th. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Faith and Family Dinner Cruise. From 6.30 to 9, enjoy a special night out for families, couples, and groups of friends. Featuring a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Home's John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. But don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinner cruise. We are, we are close to selling out the uh, cruise. Oh, yeah, which is coming up next Friday. Right. And um, we would like you to join us. Yeah, we still have a couple tickets left. Yep. Uh, April 18th is the date. The next Friday? Yeah, week from Friday. Friday. The plane, I was going to say the plane leaves. No. But the boat leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we embark, as Lexi taught us a couple days ago, 6.30 p.m. Right. Next Friday, the 18th. We'll be back in dock at 9. And it includes dinner. And uh, it's supposed to be gorgeous mm-hmm. weather. We looked it up today. I mean, the forecast is terrific. 84 degrees and sunny. So too far away. It is the perfect time, if you've never done this, to go out on the boat with us. I mean, uh, I bet 95% of the people who live in Pittsburgh have never done that. You think? That yeah, many? because I think that people bring, when visitors come in, they might take them. But... By themselves. Yeah. You don't do the stuff in your own city. Have you done the good ship lollipop? I did when I was little. When the kids? When, when I was in second little? grade, I went uh-huh. on a field trip. It's a little tiny boat. It is very small. This boat is not that. No, this is big and right. very nice. So if you're le- if you're leery of being on the water, you shouldn't be. No, no, right? no. You'll be fine. There's but no if you, seasickness no, or anything like no, that. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Right. But if it's, a, if it's a clear night, it's just such a... It'll make you so happy you, yep. that you live in the city. Which makes you think, oh, <laughs> well, you know, they say... Uh, the, the happiest day and the saddest day, right? When you buy a boat and when you sell a boat, or the, yeah, those two I things together. That. Right. Oh, that's right. You had a boat, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Whatever happened to that boat? We sold it. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Were uh, you happy? Oh, thrilled. Thrilled. Oh my gosh! And I loved boating. I've you know I spent my whole life boating, and I think it's just absolutely terrific. Yeah. I love everything about it except taking care of the stinking boat. Right. All right. Well, let's go now to uh, Sealer Training Camp. Craig Wolfley joins us. Craig Wolfley is a former NFL offensive lineman, played 10 seasons with the Steelers. And along with uh, Bill Hillgrove and Max Starks, he's an in-game commentator for the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network. Hey, Wolf, how you doing, friend? I'm doing just fine. A little little dehydrated. But, you know, it's okay because I'm down on the field, and I always remind myself now because I checked into training camp here 43 years ago as a young buck. First time. Oh, yeah. That's that's how old I am there. So I'm down there, and I keep reminding myself, nobody can hit me, and nobody can make me run. So I'm good. <laughs> it's a good attitude. Okay, and uh, a lot of things are air-conditioned now that weren't when you started, right? Oh, you are not kidding there, Missy. I'm telling you what. Well, you got Bonaventure Hall, no air conditioning, horsehair stuffed mattresses, and you had rotary-dialed pay phones. Man. Yeah, Zooks, man, I'm telling you what, guys were lining up, and you almost had a couple of fist fights over guys trying to get to the phone back in the day. The and then, of course, God bless the, the nuns. They were great ladies, but the cooking was a little harsh, I must say, <laughs> as compared to today. Really? Yeah, it sounds like the food now is like top shelf. Oh, it's five-star dining what up here. Heck? I'm telling you what. Yeah, I mean, if you're not careful, you gain weight through training camp. Really? I mean, yeah, Zooks, I thought you, you'll lose weight, but no, up here. The food is so fine. It's great stuff. Excellent. Well, God bless St. Vincent's College for hosting Steeler Training Camp. Okay, well, so, uh, I mean, it's still early in training camp, but uh, what's the feel? What do you see? 
oh, you know what? There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of young guys that are coming back. You're going to see guys hopefully making that second-year jump. Of course, leading off is Kenny Pickett and some of the other guys like uh, George Pickens and so forth. They make that second-year jump, and they're going to accelerate their development. And so that's what you look for. These guys are all highly attuned, and they've been getting after it. Um, I really like how this offensive line is newly retooled. Mm-hmm. They're ramping up. Yeah, we got some big beef eaters there, man. I'll tell you what, these guys are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, for crying out loud, it's they, they are monstrous, some of really? them. And then you got the defensive line matching up on the other side, led by Cam Hayward, who Captain Cam is still Captain Cam. The guy just mm-hmm. gets it done away in his 13th year. You look and go, wow, that's really impressive. So if they can solve their inside linebacker position and some of their things that are going on, they get – Get their uh, their safeties going. Um, Make it just return to practice today. Oh, good. All, all's well with that. Yes. So it, it, it's looking good right now. Okay. Uh, what what's gone on with Kendrick Green? I mean, he was on Lex. Next, I would looked. He was like a fullback all of a sudden. Well, let me tell you something. You got the big mean green machine with Kendrick Green. I'm telling you what. They put him at fullback. They put him at H back. Inline tight end. He played. Uh, fullback and an ISO lead, and I'm telling you what, that was one serious collision with a Landon Roberts uh, down there on the goal line. And they used this guy, he's 6'4", 315 pounds, very athletic, plays center, doing a good job getting better at center, but catches the ball out in the flat. He also goes in motion from a tight end position. He's blown up a couple of guys. I mean, when he hits people, he really hits people. One thing about Kendrick, he's not he's not one of these guys that uh, kind of, Francis or, or Suarez is way in the hole. He's coming full steam. He's going to drop the bomb on you. And it's really uh, an impressive thing to watch a young guy go through some of what he's doing now, catching the ball and running with it. He took a handoff for crying out loud. It's every fat guy's dream. To right. take the ball off of it, right? <laughs> it's like a giant chocolate chip cookie to us offensive line. So wait, so do you think he's going to make the team? I, I, I'm looking at this right now. It's a very positive thing. He's the backup center right now. He's gotten better at it. You need a backup center. Yeah. Uh, but also the ability to um, construct a, a certain package for him of anywhere from five to ten plays, such as what the Baltimore Ravens do with their big 300-pounder, mm-hmm. Patrick Ricard. He played this for the Steelers on the show team last year when the Steelers played the Ravens in the winter. And I, I'm telling you what, he looks better than Patrick Ricard doing it. He's very able and blocking, and so we'll, we'll see. This could be this could be a big thing for Kendrick, and I, I like the kid. He's a good young man. Okay, Wolf. What about Kenny Pickett? I mean, uh, second year, all eyes are on him, taking a, a huge leap forward. Yeah, no question about it. And Kenny's looked good throwing the ball, running with the ball. He is one of those guys. You know, Kenny's kind of like um, he's just one of those guys that just seems to do better when he moves. You know, uh, if, if you go. You know, I mean, he's just athletic, and he presents a moving target. He can sit in the pocket, and he's been holding the ball longer, trying to go through his reads. He's also thrown the ball further downfield more times than he did last year during training camp. And, you know, because you want to get long ball. Yeah. you got to get some long ball with him. And last year he was, if I got my stats right, he was 7 of 11 for 163 yards down the middle of the field, 20 yards or more, which you're talking about just 11 shots. you got you got to really amp that up and be able to, get those safeties back and make those corners, put them in conflict. And so the route tree running that's uh, being devised by Matt Cannon has got to take advantage of that fact. And Kenny's got to be able to throw the guys open, meaning hit the guys in stride. That's one of the things I think Kenny can do better this year because he's normally a very accurate quarterback, but 
to throw the ball, throwing them open. That means hitting them in stride so they're not reaching down by their knee yeah. and slowing down or having to back up while they catch the ball, things of that nature. Uh-huh. I heard some audio of uh, Kenny Pickett today, and I think it was from yesterday's practice, talking about how he felt so much more comfortable within the last week or so, and he felt like he was actually able to be up at the line and like make decisions, mm. kind of you know change it up if he had to. And I thought, well, that's got to be music to the ears of every Steeler fan. Oh, right you are, man. I'm telling you what, uh, you've got to have a quarterback who has complete command of the offense. And last year, because of the way he was able, he came in after the, yeah. in the fourth game. Right. Now, he had been he had In the middle of the game, days. right? It was that Jets game. Yeah, exactly, at halftime. So you're talking about a guy that didn't have much time with the ones all through training camp mm-hmm. and, and preseason and everything else. And now he's jumping in there. And so you know that Matt's got to keep the reins on him a little bit because he doesn't have full command of the offense. So part of that is your your hot throws, meaning where you're going to throw in a blitz, mm-hmm. where to go with that ball, that being able to audible. I mean, that that's an extremely difficult thing for a young guy to do because the defense on the other side is they're doing what they call sugaring it. What they're going to do is they're trying to disguise their intentions. So the things that you see them line up and doing, they're not necessarily going to do. In college, that's a different matter. In college, you'll, you'll see guys line up, and not, they don't do as much of that. Uh, th- what they show is what they're going to do. But in the pros, they're definitely going to sugar it up and try to disguise their intentions. So it's a difficult thing for a young guy. You've got to get those game reps because nothing replaces game reps. We're talking to former Steeler player Craig Wolfley, Steeler broadcaster right now. Hey, Craig, uh, talk about the uh, training camp experience of the fans. I mean, 43 years ago, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, now it's like you know vacation time for a lot of people. It's a gigantic carnival atmosphere, isn't it? Well, it's a lot of fun. You can bring the kids out. You know, you can make sure you get your SPF and sunblock on. You know, <laughs> hey, safety's job one, right? For parents, you know, <laughs> I got six kids. I got six grandkids. Wow. I'm the old man going. You got your sunblock. Do you got it? You know? <laughs> but uh, you know, there's just they have a lot of activities for the kids to do, and of course, the main deal is watching Steelers football, and it's uh, it's a great afternoon. It's a, a very uh, idyllic uh, uh, setting up here at St. Vincent's College. It's beautiful. It's like I said, 43 years ago, it was very different when I came up here. And uh, now, 43 years later, there's no better place to view a training camp, I think, than St. Vincent's. So if you got the family, bring them on out and, and have some fun. There's some good eateries all around the place here. Um, so there's no lack of food, football, or fun. Yeah, Excellent. I like it. Uh, Craig, before you leave us, I got to ask you about George Pickens, uh, because I saw you know, a video clip of him catching uh, a ball over Joey Porter Jr. It was incredible. Uh, is he looking good at camp overall? Oh, ridiculous. Oh, I love Sometimes it. Sometimes you look at him and you're going, how did that happen? I now, love how it. Did he, you know, he is really um, – some of his catches are – they almost defy logic and kind of leave you – grasping for words to color the picture that you just saw. The young man's very talented. He's got a lot of um, incredible abilities that he can draw on. He's got to be able to uh, get those resources, make sure that he's getting his foundational, fundamental things down, his route running, being able to cut, get across the face of certain defenders at certain times, things of that, of that nature. But at the same time, this guy is electrifying mm-hmm. his ability to come down with that ball. Anything on a go route to the outside, um, it, it's fun to watch because I think half the fun is watching the defensive coordinator and the covering cornerback shake their heads after one of those catches happen. Wow, I Excellent. love that. That's super exciting. sure Wolf. is. 
Absolutely. No doubt about it. And you know what? The guy's only in his second year. I know. It's unbelievable. I know it. Hey, Craig, we appreciate you taking your time yeah, off. Yeah, we know you got to go and do your thing. There, but thanks an awful lot. Yeah, I almost pulled a hammy getting my phone from you guys. You got know? <laughs> <laughs> You got to stretch out for longer, Craig. Okay. That's what they tell me. Exactly. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. All right, Thank we'll you, see you. Craig Wolfley. I mean, he's on the Steeler broadcast team. It's coming. Yeah, I mean, I know it's on the August, but football is on its you, way. You can listen to him 9 to 12 on another network. Hear exactly what he's reporting from Steeler Love training him. camp. Craig Wolfley, one of the greats. Love him. For me, the little things in life make me smile the hardest, like fancy potato chips. I'm talking about when you open a fresh bag and you see one of those super chips. They're folded like tacos or fortune cookies, but then you have a second and third chip wrap around it, creating this monster chip that you can barely get your mouth around. Those things are awesome. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and I share that useless little thing to ultimately say, You know what's not a little thing, Mr. and Mrs. Word FM listener? Our direct lender advantage. We use our own money and make our own decisions within our own walls. There's no middleman, which means whether you're finally making the move on a new home or you're looking to cash out some of that newfound value your current home has earned, we can often move faster and get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-583-0141. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-583-0141. That's 800-583-0141. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Just because time marches on doesn't mean your skin has to. Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont helps you turn back the clock with Smooth Glow, the revolutionary age-defying non-surgical solution to sagging skin, sunspots, and fine lines. You'll see immediate long-lasting improvements in as little as one 45-minute treatment. Get the celebrity sought-after look without injectables. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. It's National Book Lovers Day, John. Very nice. Might be International Book Lovers Day for all I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I know you love to read. Yep. Lex, I know you love to read. I love to read. 
Um, so I'm going to uh, ask for a couple recommendations from you guys for okay. our listening audience. These don't have to be in any particular genre. They can be any, but but books that you've read that you feel like you know what people would really like. I, I want to recommend this um, and uh, see what people think. Okay. You ready? Uh, you want me yeah. to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so this is an unusual book, uh, and you have to like the classics to appreciate this. But yeah. there's a book called Lovely War, which is by Julie Berry, which is about World War One. Oh. And I have to say that I'm not sure I would have liked the book if I would have read it, but I listened to it on audio. That's it. And it's spectacular really i mean i've listened to a lot of audiobooks this is a truly spectacular no performance the 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 voice talents are off mm. the charts so if you like if you're interested in a world war one story uh it is fascinating and it's called lovely war and it's a young adult book uh it's totally worth your time so what's uh, it I, called lovely war lovely war what you just the Again, the voice talents are incredible. Interesting. Um, Lex, you want to go next? I can. Go for it. <laughs> um, so I, to be fair, though, I've read a lot of um, young adult novels because I am indeed a young adult. Yes, sure. you are. Um, <laughs> I really love – so when I – before I read The Hunger Games, which in and of itself is a great series mm – -hmm. um, you should definitely read it because it's an incredible story. And thought-provoking. Very thought-provoking. Um a book by these or a series by the same author um the first book called gregor the overlander um it's called the underland chronicles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's an incredible i think there's like six or seven books that story <laughs> i love harry potter but that story when i was younger was my harry potter is but that right I was obsessed with this novel series okay um, how many Books. I want to say six or seven. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Um, but these um, stories, um, I, it, it's complete fantasy. It's like it's the story of a young kid who falls through the vent in his um, New York apartment. Um, his parents are gone or um, his mother is like gone, has gone to work. He's trying to do laundry um, and he goes down into his apartment complex's, like, laundry room to, like, figure something out and, like, get some laundry done. Um, and he falls through this vent and finds himself in this insanely interesting world where um, cockroaches and bats um, are the size of, like, giraffes and, like, mm. huge animals. And he finds this whole other um, otherworldly race of people where... Um, they look at him and say, oh, you're the person from this prophecy that we have. Oh. And so he's like, I'm just some 13-year-old kid. I'm not the chosen one or whatever. And it takes him through a story of an unlikely hero. And I love that story so much. Interesting. What's it, what's it called again? Um, Gregor the Overlander is the first book of the Underland Chronicles series. Very nice. Very it's very nice. fun. Excellent. Okay, so I told you I went to the beach here just a couple of weeks ago. I took five books with me. I barely dented any of the books I was with. I just kind of sat there and said, but... Post Beach, one of the books that I took with me was The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, wow. I haven't That's read that a in a one. long time. Oh, it's an excellent book. So there I am um, now. I'm into, you know, uh, Dumas, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Alexander. Alexander Dumas, you know, redemption, crime, a um, uh, hundred days of the journey mm -hmm. of The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, my gosh. That's such a Fabulous beautiful book. story by the end. So I'm, it's maybe, terrible. 
Until oh, it's beautiful. Exactly. It is a, a lot of suffering in The Count of Monte Cristo. It's, an, of course, an old classic. That's what I've been reading. And a great movie. Uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's what I'm into right yeah, now. That's, okay. I would recommend that because I'm doing it. Wait, is it Daniel Day-Lewis? I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. I think it is. Uh, I haven't seen it for a long time, but it, boy, it's epic. Um, okay, I'll go next. Okay. I'm going to say Howard's End oh, by E.M. Forster. Um, I love E.M. Forster, one of my favorite authors, and I just read Howard's End in the last year. Did you? I don't know how it escaped me before then, uh, but how, it's, boy, it's such beautiful writing. It's funny. It's It'll take you a little longer to get into if you're used to just reading contemporary books. Right. But it's not hard. Don't let it scare you off. And the payoff at the end and how you see the characters develop and the surprising things they do, really? I don't know. It really made me kind of sit up and take notice. Interesting. Okay. I, I believe The Count of Monte Cristo, 2002, Jim Caviezel. Right. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. In my head, I was like, I thought it might be Jim Caviezel. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a good performance. Happy, uh, was it National Book Lovers Day? Yeah. All right. Go read a book tonight. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden in New Mexico today saying that his policies of financial and tax incentives have revived U.S. manufacturing, although factory hiring has begun to slow in recent months. An explosion on the grounds of a factory north of Moscow that makes optical equipment for Russia's security forces has injured over 40 people. Officials say the blast occurred at a warehouse storing fireworks, though it was in the grounds of an optics manufacturing plant. The regional governor says the company had rented the warehouse for storage, but later claimed the plant was mostly producing pyrotechs. Whatever the cause, the explosion produced a tall plume of black smoke, adding to Russian jitters over nighttime drone attacks alleged to be by Ukraine on Moscow, as well as alarm about smoke seen over the port of Sebastopol in Crimea. I'm Charles Tulatesma. The Dow is up two points. Uh, the Nasdaq is down 73. This is SRN News. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to FreedomCare.com. On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price is $69.98, and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. 
Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954, use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer, and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. When I grow up, I want to be a teacher because they know a lot of awesome stuff. I'll stand in front of the class and make sure everyone knows what I know. If your child is sick over and over again, it could be P.I., a serious defect of the immune system. Early testing gives children a chance to dream. And when I'm a teacher, my favorite subject will be recess. <laughs> Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. Visit info4pi.org. Tonight we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area. The low 62. Partly sunny Friday. Less humid. We'll reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It is estimated that uh, 38 million adults live alone in this country. Mm. And of those 38 million adults, 16 million of those people are 65 and older. Uh, And one of the things that's driving this is a gray divorce. Um, this is a big shift. So what's great divorce? uh, A rise in divorce rates among adults 50 and over. Oh, right, of course. Right? Um, This goes back, I mean, uh, this sort of, I'm reading from a CNN, an article, that um, back in 2010, the split of Al and Tipper Gore, who were divorcing after more than 40 years of marriage, caught people by surprise. And, of course, uh, recently, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, they announced in 2021 that they were divorcing after 27 years of marriage. This past week, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, and his wife, uh, they're 51, announced they were splitting after um, uh, decades of being married. And uh, divorce rates overall are declining, but older adults are bucking that trend. How about that? It just seems like a lot of effort you've put in for a long time to give up at that stage. Well, in this article, people are saying they've raised their chip. They've raised their children. Yeah. Right. Uh, Someone says I had one client. This is a divorce lawyer talking about a a divorce lawyer says I had one client tell me 
I do not want to die next to that man. Oh. I'm out. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, a pretty a sharp lot. increase in mature couples who've had adult children and probably have had some grandchildren, older people who are initiating divorces, uh, to say that they've gone too far and they want to live their final years the way that they want to live them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to how important it is to make sure that you're in a good relationship with your spouse while you're raising your kids. Yeah. Because that's super hard. Do you think that's hard? What? To stay in a good relationship with your spouse while you're raising your kids. Huh. I think it's the, one of the hardest things you'll ever do, if not the hardest thing you'll ever do. There's yeah. so much going on, yeah. right? So you're pulled in so many different directions. And now, you know, we were just talking about this off the air. I mean, our kids are, soon we're going to be true empty nesters. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you. I, I mean, I love my kids, but I really look forward to it. Mm. Right? I mean, yeah. It, yeah, me too. You're, it's kind of like you're going to be a newlywed again sure. in some way. Sure, Different perspective, but... You'll be alone. We'll be alone. Yeah. And if you don't, in I, I have this, uh, these, this couple as friends, both of them, and they would go away every six months when their kids were growing up. They had uh, three daughters in very close succession. And, but of course, when their daughters were little, all the way up to when they were 16 or 17, they'd be like, Mom, Dad, where, where, why are you going? And they'd always say, because after you leave home, we want to make sure we still like each other. Right. That's the only way to do it is to keep that in the forefront of your head. Yeah. You know, the other thing I found really challenging uh, is that when our kids were little and all the way up to when they were 18, it still happens now, just not as much. Uh, my husband and I disagreed on how to discipline our kids. Everybody has their right in every marriage. Right? This is not true. Right? We've talked about it. It's the same argument over and over again. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you argue with your spouse about, it's the same one. You just keep arguing about the same right. thing, which drives you nuts. Of course, it does. And so you can imagine some people, forty years marriage or so, they go, "I'm done with this. I can't. I can't abide by this right, anymore." I don't want to have right. Keep having the same and fight. Can you imagine the, the impact that it has on your adult children? People think, well, you know, if my kids are little, we won't get divorces. But when your kids are older, it has the same effect. Yeah. The family's right. split. Right. Yeah. That's a heartbreak. Yeah, it really is a heartbreak. But one, one of the things I regret looking back, because my kids are both in their 20s now, which I can't believe when I say that out loud, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, Lexi, I could be, I'm like old enough to be your mom. Oh, don't you? That's wacky. Right. Well, you, you, but you, as it is, I'm just your friend. Right. But uh, I was at the doctor's office the other day, and I was like, I'm old enough to be this person's ch- father. Yeah, that's so weird. It's so weird. It's super weird. Um, anyway, one of the big regrets I have is that when my kids were really little, I fought with my husband all the time about how he was disciplining them. I fought with him all the time. And it wasn't until they were maybe five and three or maybe eight and five or something. I think it was five and three. I realized that I could see them developing as people. And part of their, part of the character I saw in them was because of their dad. His alignment. Yeah. And how he was, I mean, my husband is the gentlest person on yeah, earth. He's not like he he's wasn't hitting them. Crazy I'm person. not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the kind of standards, the kind of schedule, the kind of things, you know, we were talking about. And common. I was always the patsy. All right. Right. He, you know, and he was let's like, go, you guys. no, yeah, we're, let, we let, go. let's keep this going. Right. It wasn't until they were in high school, I realized how absolutely essential that was. Mm-hmm. 
because they had their act together. Yes. They showed up. They yes. were organized. Yes. They were on time. Yep. All those things that, you know, a dad says, let's go. Yep. Get it together. Yep. And the mom's like, oh, no, it's not Yeah, bad. that was, yeah. Yeah, I, that was so, common for us. Yeah, so there were like three different phases I think I went through. One, I would just was mad at him all the time when they were really little. Then I started to realize that there was something to it. And then I realized, holy smokes, mm-hmm. I should have just stepped the heck out of the way. So what are you saying? You're not going to divorce him? I don't think we're going to divorce. Okay, that's good. I'm pretty attached to him by good. now. You're not going to join those, no. uh, that statistics, right? No gray divorce. Excellent. Plus, you know, I just, I'm always going to color my hair. You're never going to go gray? No. You're never going to go gray? No. Come on. No. Really? No, I'm not. I was looking, I was, I, <laughs> I went to an event last night where I was sitting, so like behind my wife, I was looking at her hair. She's going gray. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, her mother was, you know, silver, silver. Yeah, I remember this, that. I remember her time. mom. And yeah. she's slowly going gray. Yeah. I like it. I, yeah. But you're not going to do that? No. You're going to be 80? Yeah. Why? My Why? mom was Why? like that, you know. Really? Yeah. Nanny. Yeah. All right, whatever. Different Lex, strokes. what do you think? You are you, you going to go gray? Well, I've been dyeing my hair since I've been t- I, I was 12. There you so go. I'll keep doing it till I die, probably. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> what color is your hair? Uh, my hair is like, naturally like a darker blonde color. Is it? Yeah. But I just... Diet dark brown. I never knew that. Yeah, Only your hairdresser okay. knows for sure. Well, <laughs> my I mean, hairdresser's me. <laughs> so, so she doesn't even know. Right. We need to take a break. But when we come back, why the Beatitudes or when even the Beatitudes aren't meant for you? Uh, Dr. Christine Jeske talks about living in Nicaragua, what that taught her and what that taught her husband. It's next. The Ride Home. WORD. When nursing struggles happened, Elisha Votberg learned the wrong way to approach the topic. Trying to encourage Katie and saying, well, you know, you you had a cow growing up. You know how how much work it took to milk the cow. Just think about that. And I think for some reason, Katie feeling like she was being compared to a milk cow didn't sit well with her. What to do and not to do after the baby arrives. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101. 1.5 Word FM W O R D. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? Term Busters, a Christian-owned company, can help. There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate 
rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Simple rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for Term Busters, Christian-owned and operated, is 800-558-9940. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and it values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Pittsburgh Christian Academy in West Mifflin. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. It is a complex world. And of course, here in the United States, we, we tend to shield ourselves from the brutality of it all, whether it's through our phones or our streaming or whatnot. Uh, we tend to ignore a lot of that. Well, our next guest uh, has seen up close uh, the world. She travels. She uh, investigates. She lives shoulder to shoulder with uh, some of the poorest places in this world. Christine uh, Jeske is back with us. Christine Jeske is professor of culture and anthropology at Wheaton College. She's the author of three books, including the latest, The Laziness Myth, Narratives of Work and the Good Life in South Africa. But here today to talk to us about when the Beatitudes aren't meant for you. Christine, welcome back to the show. Hi, it's good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's always our pleasure. So, uh, as John said, you've recently returned from Nicaragua, but you uh, weren't just a visitor. Uh, at one time, you and your husband lived there for more than a year? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, over 20 years ago, uh, we were pretty fresh out of college, and I don't think we even had a clue what we were doing, but um, we got to know a Nicaraguan family in the United States, and one thing led to another, and uh, we ended up living with a village in Nicaragua. It's kind of like Peace Corps w- without the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just connections through friends of friends. And uh, it's just completely transformational. Um, I would not be who I am today if it were not for um, interacting with people there. So we now have two pretty much grown kids, and they had never been there. So we got to go back as a family and spend most of July there, which was just incredible. With the same people? Yeah, we were back in the same village where we lived. And uh, it's a village kind of at the top of a mountain, so it's fairly isolated. And a lot of the same families were still there. And, um, you know, now (laughs) parents have grandchildren and children are parents. And, you know, uh, huge transformation, but really neat to see God's faithfulness in those decades. So, Christine, 23 when you first spent that year in Nicaragua. Now you go back and spend uh, some time there. Uh, in that year that you spent there, you, you talk about reading yeah. the Beatitudes hundreds and hundreds of times and how that informed you about the poverty and the brokenness you saw around you. Can you go into that and talk to us about that? Yeah, I I, I was interested in the Beatitudes beforehand, and I think, you know, I mentioned a second ago, I don't think we had a clue what we were doing, but I think we look back on it now and we think about it like we were kind of trying to figure out what did Jesus mean when he said, blessed are you who are poor. Mm. And in Matthew, he says poor in spirit, but in Luke, it just says poor. And it's like, 
what on earth? You know, how does that work? And um, we knew going into it that it was fairly poor. Um, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And um, there's not a lot of inequality. It's just like sort of across the board poverty. And um, and so we knew that going in, but I don't think we really wrapped our heads around what that would be like. I don't know how anyone does until you kind of like even lived in it, which we saw it, but it wasn't us. You know, like we had bank accounts in the United States and we had parents and we had college education and stuff. Um, but we're watching people who like the world coffee price the year we were there dropped the lowest it had been in 50 years. And so they ended up losing about half of their year's income, which was already probably less than a dollar a day on average. So um, it just like it, everything ground to a stop. People couldn't buy anything at all. And so they're just surviving on the stuff that they had grown and hopefully saved through the year. It's really humbling to be in, envi- in an environment like that. Uh I've never been to Nicaragua, uh, but I've been to similar countries and I I, it's it's just hard to get your head around um, how different your experience is and uh, than most of the world. Um, So as you were kind of coming to grips with that as a 20 year old, um, you know, what about the woe unto you part? I'm not trying to be like, you know, self-flagellation yeah. here at all. I'm not trying to do yeah. that, but I'm just trying to be, you know, kind of be honest about where we are and what the scripture tells us in that regard. So how did, how did, did you think about that? Yeah, right. So, you know, I think we were like, oh, we'll learn about what poverty is like. But if you read the Beatitudes, you realize like Jesus is saying, blessed are you who are poor. And so part of that was realizing like, you know, it's, I don't, it, Jesus doesn't romanticize it. He's not like, Oh, everyone should go be poor. Cause that'll be really cool. Um, you know, they're like, there's real hardship there, but also you see glimpses of people's faith through that. And you see God step in, uh, in moments of desperation. And, um, it, you know, so much was learning how there is blessedness in the midst of poverty. But the, like you said, there's also these woes, you know, it's like, woe to you who are rich. And, man, being among people who are poor, you realize like even having anything at all in a bank account, you're rich. If you have a college education, you're rich in the world. Very few people do. If you have a job that you enjoy, that's really rare in the world. And so, um, you know, Jesus saying, woe to you about that. What does that mean? Um, so yeah, you, you want me to talk a little bit more about what I learned on that? Yeah. Oh yeah, please do. Yeah. So I, I think, um, what I was writing about recently about this is that um, I, I kind of need to learn about this through stories in the Bible. Um, and fortunately, our Bible has stories of people who are poor and then also people who are really rich. Yeah. And uh, and we see examples of people with wealth who are uh, totally using that to manipulate and harm other people. But also there's these striking examples of people who are wealthy who are following Jesus. And it's almost like Jesus himself is like, hey, look at this. You realize how crazy this is? They're doing this, too. So there's this story of, like, the centurion, and it comes almost right after the Beatitudes in both Matthew and Luke. And he's elite. Like, he probably would have had maybe as much as, like, 30 times the income of um, of a lot of the disciples who were, like, fishermen and stuff like that. And um, And he comes to Jesus, and not only does he ask for healing, not for himself, but for someone who is essentially a servant or a slave, Uh, So he comes on behalf of this person at the bottom of the social hierarchy, but he says this crazy thing of like, Jesus, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. And 
you know, Jesus' disciples, I think, would have read that as like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, like, he would have said that the other way around. Like, you know, you dirty, uh, you know, Jewish people are not worthy right. to come into my house. But instead, he sees himself as unworthy. Um, and so there's this overturning that this centurion is like living into of like, I am willing to be as humble as I can figure out how to be for the sake of uplifting Jesus. Um, and it's not just self-flagellation. It's, it's saying like, Jesus, you can overturn any, like all these hierarchies that we make up of like who's better and worse and worthy of honor and not worthy of honor. Those don't matter to Jesus. You know, <laughs> like Jesus is just Lord over all of us. And mm. so, um, you know, Jesus is inviting both the wealthy and the poor into his kingdom. But, you know, we all have to be willing to to really follow him, <laughs> to, to know that's going to take some overturning of how, how the world around us is often working. Mm. We're talking with Christine Jeske from Wheaton College. Christine, talk about you and your husband walking into spaces and being fair-skinned. Mm. And you, you talk about this, that, you know, you said, you know, people spoke well to you to the point of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. There you were, you know, sitting uh, mm -hmm. in front of a, a congregation at church. People wanted to touch you. There was a curiosity. And because you were fair-skinned in some ways, you were lifted up somehow. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're white like I am, you know, you sometimes can go through life not thinking about this until you bump into it and you realize, like, whoa, people see me differently. And um, and this is one of the, the first situations in the world where I was in such a minority. And I'm the only American in this village. And I realized that people looked at me with a really kind of undeserved honor. Mm -hmm. Like, hmm. we would be, you know, we'd go to the hospital and it's like, take us to the front of the line or we'd walk, we had this happen just over the summer too. We'd walk into a church and, and the pastor comes up and, and says, Oh, you must be leaders of your church. Would you like to deliver a sermon? And I'm like, you don't know us. Right? Right. There's no more Americans. And we showed up here, you know? Um, and when you learn about history, you realize, well, like that is a pattern that people have learned through, through centuries and centuries is like people with lighter skin were the Europeans and they had more money and they had more power and, they were the ones who owned the land. And, um, you know, and people do this without thinking. And so I think, like, the way out of it sometimes is to actually notice it and pay attention to it um, and just give honor to people who might not realize they deserve honor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, saying, actually, no, I'm, I'm here because I really want to hear your sermon. And I, I know there's a lot to learn here from this sermon. And, um, and and I'm not the one who deserves to go in the front of the line or those kinds of things. Yeah, just by happenstance. And, and what about your children? I'm curious about this. You know, like all of us, our, our kids are probably this similar ages. We tell stories, yeah. right? I mean, here, well, our kids are so tired of hearing our stories. We've heard this story, Dad, five zillion times. But then you've told your kids these stories of visiting or living in Nicaragua, you and your husband, for a year. And then you take them there so they're able to sort of, you know, be in your place in the midst of those stories you've already lived. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I think our kids have been shaped not just so, you know, they weren't in Nicaragua, but we lived in South Africa and China for most of the first five or six years of their lives. Um, and so they have memories of that. And we've been going back to those places year after year and visiting friends there and things like that. So I forget sometimes how much that has shaped them. But on this time back in Nicaragua, I was really touched just by their willingness to enter into it and to be challenged themselves, to be 
um, uncomfortable, but to learn how to deal with that discomfort. Mm. Um, my son said something after we'd been in this village for maybe four or five days and we're, you know, the time when we were going to leave this village was approaching. And he said something like, you know, I realize I'm going to miss it. Like, this is just our place now and it's our people. And it was sort of this, it was like, he'd sort of seen, we're all just humans. And, um, it's not like a place that you read about on the news or a place that is just in a picture book or something, but like, these are just humans. And, um, and I think it's really cool how, you know, young or old, people learn how to do that. And sometimes kids, again, it's like, Jesus like follow the children. I think sometimes children are wonderful at that because they don't come in with these preconceived notions of like, oh my goodness, it's going to be hard or different or something. They're just like, oh, humans, hmm. uh, they're fun. We'll do the thing that they're doing. So um, yeah, they just dove in. I mean, my my son, was like second or third day we're in this village, my son got invited to go hunting for iguanas. And cool. he just like went out and his Spanish is not great. Like, and the Spanish there is kind of like a, a different dialect. It's hard to understand, even if you've studied years of Spanish. So he goes off into the forest, hardly understanding anything people are saying wow. with a machete. And <laughs> and they take these dogs and they, they caught iguanas and these crazy sort of like huge rodent things called pacas that people eat. And um, and he comes back and he's happy. You know, it's just so cool to, to see like he's. He's part of this human family there, too. Yeah, that's really, that's really good. Wonderful, yeah. That's such a healthy thing to show to your kids, you know, just to be able to, you know, show them a wider world yeah, than, sure is. than what we know here. What about the yeah, poverty? Sure. I mean, you can't, unless you see the poverty up close. You and, can't imagine it. And Kath and I have been fortunate. Yeah. We've seen poverty. And, I mean, it's so heartbreaking. Uh I remember coming back the first time I took a trip overseas and I spent a couple of weeks in Haiti and, and got off the airplane and I called my wife and she said, oh, welcome back. Our kids were little. She said, would you mind going to the grocery store and picking a few things up on your way home from the airport? And I walked into this grocery store and literally like six hours, eight hours earlier, I was surrounded by, you know, deep, hard poverty. And there I was in an American grocery store. It was jarring mm-hmm. to me. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. Oh. It, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not good at remembering numbers, but I remember one moment we were having a conversation with a family um, who their kids had worked really hard to get a college education, which is rare in this village. I, I mean, you have the, the school there went up to like fifth grade only, mm-hmm. and then um, they studied high school somewhere else and college somewhere else, you know, and so they were a teacher. And, um, he was saying, what do you earn as a teacher in the United States? You know, giving some estimates of you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And he's like, so let's think every month they get this much. And I don't remember what the number was, but, you know, it's around the lines of maybe like $50 a week. You know, And it's just like astounding to wow. think somebody who's, you know, as highly trained as anybody has been in this village is that's what they're aspiring to. Um it's challenging. Yeah. And it's not something you're going to solve with a donation. No, you know, right. you can, it's not like it's wrong to find ways to give gifts. Right. But, and it's um, not something you but can solve. That it's, expectation, it's, it's so big. It's yeah. not something you can solve by voting either. And I think we, right, we yeah. fall into both of those traps. Well, I voted for that guy. Mm-hmm. And right. so therefore, yeah. or I gave money to this. And so therefore, and it's, it's just not that simple. Yeah. Right. 
Um, you know, I tell people go to college and study something that will get you a job working on this for the rest of your life because it's a whole life kind of a problem. And you can address that through many different ways. It could be as a, a nurse or a doctor. It could be as a teacher. It could be as an economist. You know, there's lots of ways to solve problems of poverty at a bigger scale. Um, and it doesn't mean like you can't have a part in it in a small way, too, but to appreciate like their professionals who deal with these things because it's, it's not easy to solve. Right. Um but, I mean, I do think we need to really think about um, the people from impoverished places that are coming into the United States, too. You know, again, whatever your political uh, leaning is about what we do about immigration, the reality is there are thousands of Nicaraguans and people from other countries um, who are here. One of the th- things that we were just struck by so much in traveling there is that when you don't have income opportunities in Nicaragua, like a place like the United States looks just so appealing and we just knew family after family that was being supported by one relative who'd made it to the United States. Um, And, you know, so like we have this precedent as Christians of welcoming strangers, of caring for people in our communities. And um, you don't have to go to Nicaragua to meet Nicaraguans because, you know, they're living all over the United States and trying to figure out like, how do you just be a neighbor to your neighbors right here? Mm -hmm. I think is is a place to start. So, Christine, we started the conversation uh, talking about the Beatitudes and, you know, you're reading the Beatitudes hundreds of times uh, decades ago when you were there. So uh, leave us with that. I mean, that imprint, when you read the Beatitudes now and all that time that you spent there and your children have seen it and engaged with that, what, what does that leave you with? I mean, how does that draw you closer to God? And what do you think about those people that are in those situations uh, who are convicted of those Beatitudes? Yeah, I think the Beatitudes also point me to um, another couple of passages in the Bible, which are from Isaiah 61. Uh, and it's the passage that Jesus reads um, right before he's he's almost stoned. And he also he reads it and he says, these words are fulfilled through me. So Jesus says about himself, almost as like his life purpose statement, the spirit of the Lord is upon me so I can preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort those who mourn. And the Beatitudes are just kind of like stating that in another way. <laughs> like um, the, morn- the morning will be comforted. Those who are poor uh, will be blessed. And so to me, that just tells me something just God smackingly amazing about God is that he's a God who does that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so counter to what we expect in the world. So, um, you knowing we follow a God like that, I think it calls us to be Christ followers who follow that example. And I just hope that for everybody out there listening, <laughs> figure out what does that mean for you? That's yeah. really good. Dr. Christine Jeske, she's professor of cultural anthropology at Wheaton College. You can check out one of her books, including The Laziness Myth, Narratives of Work and the Good Life in South Africa. Thanks, Christine. Very good. Thanks, Christine. Good to talk with you. Blessings. You as well. Blessings to you. We'll take a, a quick break, come back, our daily feature. Does this make sense? That's next here in the Ride Home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Maybe you have a, a junior or a senior in high school and you're thinking ahead, okay, let's go and let's visit different colleges. You, you've done this, right? This is this is how this works. I remember going with my son when he was an early senior in high school. We went to Grove City College. We were there maybe an hour, and he turned to me and said, this is my school. And I was like, what do you mean? This is the first place we visit. He said, no, this is where I belong. I feel it. I know this is what I want to do. Hmm. 
Funny, we had a similar situation in our family, except I wasn't on the trip. It was my husband with our daughter, and uh, she was at the end of her junior year in high school hmm. and took a trip up to Grove City. And she had already kind of decided she was going to go to Pitt because I went to Pitt um, and because she, she kind of grew up in Oakland. She went up there, did the tour, came home and said, that's where I want to go. And I said, Wait what a minute, you what? See? What, are you what are you talking about? It's your first place, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's where she wanted to go, and that's where she went. If you've not been to Grove City, you really got to see the place. It's a 180-acre campus, beautiful, really inspiring. Mm-hmm. It'll feel like home. So if your child, junior, senior in mm-hmm. high school, thinking about where to land, schedule a visit. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you're going to love what you see. Find out more information online anytime, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. John's family loved it. I loved it. You might too. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Tonight, we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low, 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow, we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area, the low, 62. Partly sunny Friday, less humid. will reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. sense does what makes sense a cheap belt we'll define a cheap belt okay so i mean a cheap belt is going to be different for everybody so i'm not going to put a dollar figure on it but this is what i'm thinking of and maybe this is more uh, appropriate for women than men you can tell me Sometimes I just want a belt to go with an outfit. You know, like I have a pair. I'm going to this thing. I'm just going to get a cheap belt. I don't want to spend a lot of money on this. I don't wear a belt all the time. I'm just going to get a cheap belt. I'll just go to Kohl's. Or I'll just go to Macy's and I'm just going to get a cheap belt. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Makes perfect sense. How many belts I own? How many belts do you own? One. Okay. Was it cheap? No, it wasn't. It was 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's cheap. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
for a guy, I mean, I, I really don't care. So it doesn't matter, make a difference to me. Like, I don't need like an alligator belt or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just have a belt. Just mm -hmm. holds my pants up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's re oh, here, it's reversible. <laughs> I mean, so a cheap belt makes sense. No, I mean, I don't think forty-five bucks for a belt is cheap. Right. I mean, a piece of rope is cheap. So what are you saying? A cheap belt makes sense, or a cheap belt does not make sense? Well, it makes sense because I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Just told you, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a fashion thing to me. Mm -hmm. I really don't think about it like, oh, it's an accessory that has to have any influence over those who see it. Yeah, no, you've, you've really gone down the wrong path. What? Here. You're proving it yourself. <laughs> By your own actions. You have one belt and you spend $45 yeah, on it. It's not a cheap less. belt. Buying a cheap belt is the biggest waste of money. Because here's the thing. You think you're only going to wear it once. Yeah. You end up wearing it more than once. And then after the first time you wear it, it looks like garbage. Mm. And you think, why did I buy a cheap belt? You should just like have one belt like you do, yeah. but spend $45 on it as opposed to, you know, go into Kohl's and getting one for seven ninety nine. Okay, that's good. I don't think they sell them for seven ninety nine. I'm just saying. All right. I think maybe they do. A cheap belt? Okay. I think a cheap belt is a horrible idea. And you know what? Hmm. Trust me when I tell you it doesn't make sense. All right. Does this make sense? A pencil. Okay. The other day. I, I, I was foundational. A pencil. I'm like, why would I want a pencil? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got like you and I. We like a nice pen. We do like a nice, got a nice pen. pen. Mm -hmm. But the other day, I had to write. And I thought, oh, just I may need to get rid of that. So there, in my little container of writing instruments, there was a lone pencil, and I thought, oh, does it make sense? No. <laughs> 101.5WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new music. Thank God. New from Stars Go Dim. So I will thank God for another new song. Good God from Kate Thompson. I got a good guy, good guy. And Walk with Jesus from Consumed by Fire. So I'm going to walk with Jesus. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. So this is a radio ad. And I wanted to tell a story that proves that sometimes bad moments can often lead to good moments or opportunities. But my story was about 30 minutes, so instead, here's the headline. Loving family's beach vacation is ruined by a flaming lasagna and nephew vomiting on gate agent, only to be saved by the most meaningful staycation ever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and bad creating some good is exactly what we're seeing right now. Interest rates are not great. But they have finally brought home prices down, at least for a bit, creating an opportunity, which is why we're seeing thousands of listeners across the country looking to buy the new home now because the price is forever with the plan to refinance the rate tomorrow when rates settle. If that's you, please know that we have a direct lender advantage that can often save you lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JND waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. 
Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800 Very Dry. JD waterproofing. 1-800 Very Dry. Word FM presents the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th, followed by three more weekly dinner for two giveaways during August. The Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar, creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com. I remember during the COVID pandemic, John, you and I were working from home, yeah. you in broadcasting from your spare room and me broadcasting from mine, uh, and us trying to keep up with things news-wise and also being involved in a lot of Zoom conversations. So either you're Zooming with your, your family, or maybe it's your small group, or maybe it's a bunch of friends or whatever it is. It's horrible. Hated um, it so much. Yeah, it was looking, I mean, we were doing the best we could, all of us. But it does look awful in retrospect. Well, the weird I'm thing glad was, we all survived. I mean, management said, don't come in. Stay away. Right. And then it just got to be weird. It just got to be so weird. Yeah. So I was in a couple Zoom groups with different friends of mine from different parts of my life. You know, Social groups. Yeah. So you, know, you, know, you might have your college friends or you might have your high school friends yeah. or you might have friends who have kids the same age as your kids. But anyway, so we were doing a bunch of Zoom things. And I remember – noticing something in particular which was that as the zoom meetings went on like the first one at the beginning of the pandemic was basically just we're all terrified we don't know what's happening we didn't know much about what covid was you know it was the it was the super scary part at the beginning so weird. okay then the very next session which was maybe a month later right uh one of the women had a glass of wine in the zoom meeting and okay and she's like believe me this is my treat like this is so we were you know kind of all laughing about it uh so as the months went on there was more and more wine as part of the thing that was mostly wine now some people were drinking other types of liquor but it was mostly wine um and it became a big joke is that this is what we do. Like, this is how moms are surviving. Right. I needed escape. Yeah, this is, the, right. Blow off some steam. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't say any, I don't drink. Um, not because I uh, am trying to be preachy to anybody. It's not really a religious conviction for me. It's just there's a lot of alcoholism on both sides of my family. And when I was a little kid, I just saw a lot of things in our extended family that I never wanted to have anything to do with. And so I just decided I can't risk it. I have bad genes. Um, so maybe I'll enjoy white wine in heaven because I really think I would like it. Anyway, story for another time. Uh, as it was going on, I started Googling it. And I started seeing that there were trends of women that were drinking more in COVID. And actually, by the end of COVID, they had come up with a name for it, uh, a growing culture of mom drinking. Hmm. Is what they call it. Now, um, the number of days that women reported drinking to excess, okay, 
four or more drinks in a few hours increased by 41% during COVID. Wow. If you're drinking four drinks, you're loaded. And that increased by 41%. Yeah. That's a follow-up study by the same researchers, I'm reading here from the Wall Street Journal, examined alcohol consumption between May 2020 and 2021 um, and found that men reported drinking less. What? Really? Yeah. So women were drinking less. More. Or, or I'm sorry. Men were drinking less. Women were drinking more. And I really think that a lot of it had to do with those Zoom meetings. I think a lot of it had to do with the responsibilities of a mom. Yep. Trying to balance teaching your kids or getting them to sit in front of their screen. Or just stuck. Or working and being a, a stay-home parent and being a teacher and being a whatever. Right. I, very few people escape the pandemic without some injury to themselves or yeah. those around them. That's right? so true. That's so I true. I mean, it was such a brutal, stupid, ugly time. It really horrible, was. Horrible, really horrible, horrible. We will never do that again. Women's drinking, though, has been on the rise for the past two decades, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, although men still drink more alcohol than women and have higher alcohol-related mortality rates, doctors and public health experts say women, sadly, are narrowing that gap. Alcohol-related ER visits, hospitalization, hospitalizations, and death increasing faster for women than men. And studies suggest that women are more susceptible to alcohol-related things really? like liver inflammation, heart disease, certain cancers. So if a guy drinks a lot and a woman drinks a lot, the woman will most likely suffer more biologically yeah, or physiologically than a man does. Sure. Not built for that. They're just not, right. Yeah. They're just not built for that. Um, over the past couple of decades, rates of drinking among teen girls has been going down. Hmm. But once you hit 20, it goes way up. And among 30 and 40-somethings, that's where most of the increase has been. So that's why the mom drinking has is such a concern. So 30 years old to 49, that's where most of the increase in alcohol-related deaths and just overuse has been. I wonder how much, you know, um, TV shows or streaming Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, like something like, you know, Housewives of New York or what, or Sex in the City. Do they or, drink a lot in those shows? I uh, Seriously, I'm just, I'm guessing they probably do. I've never seen any of them. Well, I just, you know, it's probably not the best of people, right? Yeah, probably Doing not. Doing the best of things. Probably not. So, yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, that that drives some percentage of it. And, of course, you know, isolation and looking for, a, you know, a steam release, right? Right. I just need to blow some steam here. Yeah. This is, it's killing me. Or I think, and I don't want to speak for all women, but for me, there's this feeling, and it was super strong when my kids were little, when they go to bed, I need a reward. Right. Give me something. I need to look. So I need to look forward to something. Yeah. Right. And for a lot of women, it, especially of during course. the pandemic, it became alcohol. Yep. It's no good. It's not. I'm not saying that nobody out there should drink. Uh, not at all. But we know ourselves, and we know when it's too much. Yeah. Inside, even if we don't want to admit it, we know when it's too much. And um, I just I saw a lot of good friends of mine fall off a cliff during COVID. So I wonder, now that we're back to, in air quotes, normal, uh, how that's changed. 
that people may well, it's funny, let a lot that go? Of, most of those people I'm not in contact with. What? Well, I'm not in close contact. I'm not looking Zoom, at them. you were Zooming with because them. Because it was just a big group of friends. Okay. But it's not like they weren't the kind of friends that I'm talking with on a daily basis or weekly basis even. Right. So I'm not sure. Plus, if I'm not seeing the visual, if we're just communicating on social media or whatever, how would I know? Right. right. How would they know what I'm doing? Right. Well, you could hide your drinking pretty easy. Extremely so. Yeah. Anyway, um, you can read the whole in-depth article in the Wall Street Journal about that. Um, I don't know. I thought it was sobering, no pun intended. Yeah. And I uh, thought it was worthwhile to have a conversation about. Okay, we'll take a break. Step aside. And uh, we do come back. Uh, how about that? Have you heard the story about the guy uh, that the Coast Guard rescued? Yes. In his rowboat? In his rowboat? Yikes. Right, that's straight ahead. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person and gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE, and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Let's face it, talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions, and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined a life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. 
The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older. and Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to ethoslife.com now for your free estimate. That's E-T-H-O-S-Life.com. Ethoslife.com. The uh, Coast Guard rescued a Florida man aboard his, you got to see this photo, aboard his partially submerged rowboat 12 miles offshore of St. Augustine uh, Monday. A man by the name of Charles Gregory, he was reported missing by his family to the Coast Guard sector in Jacksonville. They said he did not return to the Lighthouse Park boat ramp. And so they sent out uh, HC-130 Hercules aircrafts and helicopters the Coast Guard cutter found him. The rowboat that he was in was more than three quarters filled with water. It's amazing that things stayed afloat. Oh my gosh! And there he was. Wait, so I guess it was leaking, or was it coming over the I bow? Don't, or they don't say. Okay. But all that water. I mean, there he was. They don't say what condition the guy was in, and uh, and was was he trying to bail out or just he, terrified, or it doesn't say. He was sitting in his rowboat. So how do you he? So this was a rental. He rented a rowboat and then somehow went from, you would think he probably would be in a bay, and then from the bay into the sea itself. How many stories have there been over the last three weeks yeah. about people who've been pulled out by the current in the area around Florida? That's scary. Also, the riptide situation in North and South Carolina has been really bad. Wouldn't it be? My gosh. How about the guy who ended up out at sea for three months? Oh, my gosh. With the dog. Yeah, yeah. And he was an experienced sailor. Right. Good thing they had a like a uh, you know a, a cabin kind of right. a, not a very nice one, but a cabin that he and the dog could go into. It's holy young. smokes! I, I think it'd be for me that'd be like your worst nightmare. The sea is so scary. It's so scary. Yeah, it sure is. Oh my gosh! You do not want to trifle with that, do you? All right. Speaking of things you don't want to trifle with, uh, I'm reading here from the Associated Press: the Loch Ness Center in Scotland, which brings up the hackles on my neck because I what? love the Loch Ness Monster. What is the deal with you and the Loch Ness Monster? I love it. What? I, I, I don't know if Nessie exists, but I'll tell you right now, I want her to. It doesn't I exist. I am super excited about this. It's a myth. If I didn't have obligations and a budget, I would be doing this because the Loch Ness Center in Scotland looking for budding monster hunters and volunteers to join in what it dubs the largest search for the Loch Ness Monster since 1970. What? Listen to this. This is a serious Listen inquiry. To this. Modern technology such as drones that produce thermal images of the lake will search the waters in a way that's never been done before. Okay? This is coming up August 26th and 27th. If you have spare cash, if you care about this as much as I do, and if this is of Good interest, gravy. get your plane tickets and get to Scotland. Come on. August 26th and 27th, it'll be the largest of its kind since the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau studied the lock for signs of the beast in 1972. I mean, come on. All this time, all you see is like that same blurry image of that thing. Okay. The Loch Ness Center, first of all, I don't like your derision about this story because you know it's close to my heart. (laughs) The Loch Ness Center is located in the same hotel where Aldi Mackey, that was back in 1933, he saw the water beast. Is that the right? photo? That's, yeah. From 1933. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 
The story kicked off an enduring worldwide fascination, finding Nessie. There were hoaxes. John, of course, there were, but that doesn't mean that there isn't actual evidence there. Hundreds of eyewitness accounts. Mm -hmm. There have been all sorts of explanations. Some people said it was a plesiosaur, right? A leftover, like a dinosaur, a prehistoric reptile. A giant eel. Uh, Somebody said it was actually, it might be swimming circus elephants, which... (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) That wasn't it. Okay. Anyway, the Loch Ness Center said its team will deploy drones equipped with infrared cameras so they can produce thermal images of the water from the air and a hydrophone, which is a word I've never heard of, will also be used to detect acoustic signals under the water. Volunteers are going to be asked to keep an eye out for any breaks or movements in the water. That's where I could serve. Uh-huh. I could sit there and look for le- for Nessie, right? Um, and I could record my findings, which is they want vol- which is what they want volunteers to do. Um, they're saying by joining this large scale surface watch, you, you John Hall, could have a real opportunity to personally contribute towards this fascinating mystery that has captivated so many people from around the world. I mean, I'd be happy to go and sit on the shore. It's kind of like being at the ocean. Just happy to Listen, sit by a body of water. I, if they come back and they find something there, I am going to laugh myself sick okay. because you haven't believed it I from just day can't one. believe it. I just think it's a tourist trap. You don't know. That's, That's why science exists. What's this happening soon? August 26th and 27th. Right. If I ask for those days off, you know what it's for. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.